HBs, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two genre-loving best friends recap romance novels with lighthearted commentary and tons of giggling. This week, we want to tell you how truly thankful we are for you, listener. You have changed our lives for the better in so many ways. You've opened up the universe that is die-hard romance fandom and social media. You helped us make actual friends with some of our heroes. And you've made it so Aaron and I talk just about every day. We were great friends before, but you've made us closer by giggling along with our silly antics. There may only be one of you, but the quality of your listenership is unparalleled. And patrons... We are so grateful for your support. This gets to be a part-time job for me because of you, and that absolutely blows my mind. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. And now, we've got a book that Erin was so excited for, if she had my pelvic floor, she might have peed a little. It's Thanksgiving Groom by Brenda Minton. Hello, Erin, and happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Happy happy Thanksgiving, Melody, Melody, Melody. Actually, just saying it, we're recording this like, what, a week and a half out, two weeks out? I don't know, something like that. Yeah, it's a many out. The idea, I know that this is the Thanksgiving episode, but as soon as you said it, I was like, oh no! I know! (laughs) It's coming! Same! (laughs) How do I get cranberries from Instacart? Yes. Indeed. Uh, so I have a many questions for you. Questions for me? I have Wait, so many no. questions. No, 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 no. I said, are you excited to do episode? And then you said you were going to talk about it on the podcast. I want to first know why you're not excited to do episode. Because Melody, like yeah. a character from this book, would say, <laughs> there have been a lot of things weighing on my heart lately. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had this book on my heart. And I need to talk to you about it. I hear you. I'm so fucking psyched to talk about (laughs) this book with you. So So lay it on me. Listen, I guess I'm just nervous about talking about book. Yes. Because faith. You're wrong, Melody. Like in this book is important to so many people. And I, I have had such a varied religious upbringing simply because my mom sort of insisted upon being a chameleon in every new place we lived. And so I don't really subscribe to a particular faith. And I also have gotten really, really burned by like, quote unquote, good Christians. I have not personally Mm -hmm. had great experience with like, the people that in my town were called church ladies, you Mm -hmm. know, me and mine were not treated very well by those people. So I don't do very well with inspirational romance because it just kind of makes me go all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So like I'm I'm worried that, listen, I have a lot of respect for everyone's faith, but I also cannot, I can't promise that like a little bit of disdain isn't going to come out because of the human factor of Melody, Christianity. You do not need to tie yourself in knots over this because I 
guarantee you that no one in this book is a good person. <laughs> They're not. They're so and, bad. And no, no, like good Christian person who we love and respect would read this book and be like, "Those are role models." Yeah, that that's are true. who I want to be like and feel that I am mirrored in this book. So that's by true. making fun of these, not even that hot dummies, I don't. <sighs> I don't feel like we would be disrespecting anyone um, for their their faith and culture. That's true. But okay. I do I do come from a similar place. I was the only atheist in my high school and the cool kids were the Christian kids and it was a rough. Yeah. But I just don't feel like we're making fun of faith in this book. We're making yes, fun of people. I, in I this definitely want to make that clear. I have a huge amount of respect. Like, a friend of mine in high school decided she needed to go on a uh, like a spiritual journey to find where she fit. And I spent several months with her going to different churches of different denominations in our area so that mm-hmm. she could figure it out. And it was a really cool thing to do with her. And like I was really excited about doing anything I could to support her on that journey. And so anything I say during this episode Melody. is not undercutting Christianity Melody. as a whole. The I just odds. hate these people so much. Meaning the characters in this yes. book. The odds <laughs> of me offending somebody. The, okay, here's the thing. The odds of us getting emails about this episode, high. Right. The odds of you being the person named in the email, low. <laughs> so... Let that rest on your heart. Think on that. Sleep on that. And I think you're going to feel a little better about it. Fair. Can I now ask you my list of questions? Okay. All right. Okay. I have uh, so many questions regarding this book. One, (laughs) what's the Alaskan socialite scene like, Erin? Oh, my God. (laughs) Next up, is Eris a self-referential term that Eris is <laughs> You're ticking off all my list um, boxes here. Is yeah. the love of a good woman or the rediscovery <laughs> of Jesus more important in healing a, a wounded no, man? No, no. Is he a wounded man? Like, I just, I couldn't. No, that's what I'm saying. He is not a wounded man. There's nothing wrong with this motherfucker other than he's surly, misogynistic, and a dick. <laughs> Who do you who do you think was worse, Penelope or Tucker? They they're equally terrible. Because when you were texting me, it seemed like you really hated Tucker, but I really hated <laughs> Penelope. I hated like them far both. more than him. I hated her. Oh wow, I hated her way more than I mean him way more than her. But I have two more questions for you. Okay, <laughs> the next one is. How does an economy so small that it has a general <laughs> store that sells jeans also support? A specialty Christmas store. Explain oh, that to Melody. an economy so small that the specialty <laughs> Christmas store is open. Need money so bad that they go in search of treasure. <gasps> treasure. Treasure. To the town. <laughs> treasure. And my final question for you, Aaron. Yes. Is what tribe was it <laughs> what tribe was it what, what tribe, tribe was, it? was it these assholes oh my god they, these people suck yes. we'll get there when we get, we'll there, get listener. there we'll get there <laughs> I'll, i have many things to say about that alone so we're gonna get there <sighs> okay, okay so we've got penelope penelope lear she is not of the lear jet fortune but she is an heiress because her dad went from like oil to tourism or something yes her ancestors 
bought the land that had the Alaskan gold and oil in it. Both of them together. Oily gold. Oily Just gold. Golden Just oil. Women in oil. Yeah. But he saw he the the ancestor or his grandson some somewhere in that family tree somebody was like, "Well, we this isn't forever. These right. are finite resources. We should invest in tourism." So they've got all three Alaskan things. They've got the oil, the gold, and the tourism. Like all that, all that's left is they could go like buy all the whales, and then they would have everything in Alaska. Which makes uh, our girlfriend Penelope like oh the highest ranking socialite in the heiress world of Anchorage, Alaska. Let's, Listen, let's talk <laughs> about the Anchorage, Alaska Please. social social scene. scene. Yeah, it is. So fucking cutthroat here I for did, a young woman. <laughs> I did Google I, Alaskan socialite, and all I got was a little thing called Oil Men's Wives Club or something. Like a housewives thing? No, they had to rebrand because they didn't want to be confused with ah, the housewives. Yes. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, there are a lot of very rich people in and around Anchorage. And I'm sure that those ladies and other ladies in Anchorage are extremely wealthy. And you will find, uh, you know, like $10 million homes in Anchorage. There are there are very, very rich people here, even okay. more than $10 million. But the heiress scene, like the, the like socialite scene. The manicure pedicure clubbing scene. Is what I was led to believe. There's like four clubs. There's like three (laughs) quote unquote fancy restaurants. Like it's just small. How how much of a scene could there be? And even if there were, there are several times in this book where people see her and immediately they're like, that's Penelope Lear. No, we wouldn't know. Like maybe her dad, if he's like the president of the oil company and he had like commercials on TV or something, somebody might recognize the dad or like the, Uh you know, but not the daughter. Like what from? Paparazzi? Like she makes a funny joke. And I'm saying that in air quotes, listener, about how there is an heiress quarterly magazine and, like, yeah. I am shocked this author didn't try that on us. <laughs> because she tried so many other things. Oh, that yeah. Did not. No. So there are very rich people here. Um, but there, it's There's not. not like a 400 of Anchorage, Alaska. No. There There's is no not. coming out fucking balls. Yeah. No. Mm. I mean, I guess we have a beauty pageant. We have, like, Mr. and Mrs. Fur every year. Fur Trapper. <laughs> <laughs> Fur Trapper Queen. <laughs> Maybe it's that. Oh, it's perfect. I don't know. Anyway, Penelope Lear has crashed her Jeep because she has recently found Faith and has decided that she knows exactly where this treasure of Treasure Creek is. Let's lay out the chronology of what has happened because, okay, you're right. When we meet Penelope, she's trudging through the wilderness in November in Alaska. At night, question mark, dim... Almost night. Here's what has done happen to Penelope, and this is book seven in a in an inspirational romance series. So I'm I'm guessing Penelope has been introduced in other books, and we saw some of this journey. Yeah, I will say from a from like a project slash publishing standpoint, it's kind of a cool concept because it's a it's a series surrounding Treasure Creek or whatever, but each book is written by a different author. 
And that's yeah. kind of neat. I, I don't see I didn't that know much. that they were all written by different authors. That's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, actually, knowing that, I might go ahead and read the Christmas one because I want to know what's in that thing. Not a single way. <laughs> I want to know what's in it. Single. So, way. okay. Um, I'm sorry. That's called she... The Lawman's Christmas Wish no, by Linda Goodnight. Nope. Immediately deterred. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Penelope Lear was being set up with eligible bachelors by her father. Because she is an heiress and he wanted her to settle down with a man who's worthy of their family name. Name and reputation and money bags and all the things. And Penelope does not want to be a worthless, dead-eyed, rich woman with the manicures and pedicures and facials Mm -hmm. who doesn't spend any time with her husband because he's more worried about business than Mm -hmm. her downstairs parts and (laughs) no her heart parts downstairs parts are not part of this book how dare you talk about penelope that way it's all hard i don't even think she she wants a man who knows her for who i was gonna say who she is but like the vision of the person who she she wants to be so she saw a magazine that has an article about this town treasure creek that has all of these eligible bachelors uh-huh. and this fantastic church and is is a failing town that's looking for treasure. And this is the concept of the whole series is women are flocking to this town with all these handsome men to go for snatch men's. them all up. Yeah. But she wants to go kind of to find love, but mostly to find herself. Yes. But mostly to find love. She wants to find herself. Through the love of a rugged man. Yeah, she wants to find an authentic person. A rough around the edges. And then make herself authentic. Calluses me, on his hands. Guys, listen. Flannel. Hey, listen, HBs. This is real talk. This is real advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Okay. Whoever you are right now is the person that you're going to be once you move to a new place. I swear to you. From someone who has moved to a lot of new places yep. and every time thought, this is a well, new lease on life. I'm I'm going to talk less. I'm going to be a mysterious lady. I'm going to lose all this weight. I'm going to like all this like crazy. You're uh-huh. going to be exactly the person you are now. Just in another place. True. And if you're looking to be like, I'm going to move to a small town in Alaska and that, I'm going to be more of an authentic person. Like, no, uh, it's just it's just going to be shittier there. You're going to be yourself. True. It's just going to be a harder existence. That's all. Yeah. So anyway, so she goes out there and she is in Treasure Creek for like, what, a week? One week. And she finds God in the in right. one week. Right. Goes to this church, sees everybody singing, and is just like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Yeah. I have found faith. Right. Great. Good for her. Yeah. Also Very cool. sees sees the treasure map. Glances at a treasure Glances. map that is being shown to another human. Right. On in like a different direction. Takes a picture with her photogenic memory. Kachunk. <laughs> and then is like I'm going to get that treasure. I got it. she saw a rock that looked like the rock on the treasure map when she was on a guided hike one time. Yeah. So she doesn't tell anybody. She orders herself up a Jeep from a rental car company, Mm -hmm. packs a bag with just a change of clothes in it, and then sets off onto the wilderness roads. She almost hits a deer. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, instead, swerves into a ditch. Wait, did it say she almost hit a deer? Yeah, I think so. We don't have deers. What? There's, we don't have deers. <laughs> okay. If we have deers, there's not a lot of them. I've almost hit wow. like five mooses, but not not any deers. Yeah. In the first three pages or so, we find out that she's attempting to get to wherever she can from the road that she has left and gone into the forest, right? Keep in mind, November. November. Yeah. Dark AF. Maybe snow anytime. Cold. Much Very snow. cold. I tried to shovel my driveway yesterday and I gave up. I was like, you have to do it, David. I'm too sleepy. I can't do it. <laughs> nice. That's how much snow we already have. Oh, my God. Kill me. It says, at least she thought she was looking west. She had a compass in her bag, but she didn't know how to use a compass. My God. <laughs> so she drives her Jeep to just a random place that she's crashed and then thinks to herself, what? based on nothing, nothing, that she has to go due south. And then just starts walking in a direction that she has no idea if it's south. Because also in Alaska, you can't depend on the sun because it just goes in a fucking circle. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. What did she think? What did she think she was doing? How do you use a map if you don't know what direction you're going in? Exactly. Here's the thing. I have taken land nav five to seven times in the army. And every time they give a class, this is a saddle, this is a hill, this is a schmurfer, you know, like uh-huh. all the different pl- things totally. on the map that, and how to recognize them on the t- topographical lines and stuff. Every time I'm like, I know this, I've known it for eight years or whatever that I've, I've been in the army. Right. Every time I start walking, I'm like, is hill? like is is that like every single time it is reading a map in the wilderness is legit so hard and every time i say that to david he makes fun of me but it really is super hard hard. there's no street to recognize yeah so there's no grid she doesn't have a compass (laughs) she does not have the training to know like what stuff is on the map either she's she does not have a trail she's just out there so she walks for hours. 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 She doesn't walk on the road where another person might drive by. She just goes into oh the God. wilderness and walks for hours. Bitch doesn't know how to use a compass. So does she's not walking, know she's walking. how to use a compass. At some point, she thinks to herself, she needed a map. She knew how to read a map. And it's like, later we learn she has this photographic memory. So she has a map in her brain parts. But she's not thinking, I should have learned how to use a compass. She's thinking, I wish yeah, I would have printed out that map. How do you orient the map in a wilderness it, without, like, one-way streets and street signs and a grid thing? Oh, God. So she, here, I have Lady? to read. I, okay, the way that I read this book is I highlighted passages that I needed to say something about. Please. This yes. could be a four-hour podcast, but there are a it lot could. of things I need to say. Same. She picked her way along the trail that grew narrower as she walked, and it didn't look like the path most taken. It looked like a forgotten trail to nowhere. My note here was, turn the fuck around. If you find yourself in the wilderness and you're like, I've been going straight for (laughs) so long from the road, 
and I'm so lost. What do I do? I'm never going to find the treasure. And it's November in fucking Alaska and it's dark. Yeah. Turn around and just go the way that you came and eventually you'll hit the road. Like even if you're kind of like at an angle, you're going to hit that road. At some point. Why does she keep walking away from the road? What does she think she's going to hit? The ocean? Thank you. And why does she keep on taking like these little tiny trails that are obviously animal trails they're goat trails they're for goats you bitch like i don't at one point she sees the goat that made the trail and she just keeps going or wait is it a sheep I mean, it might no, be it's sheep. a goat i don't know no, no no it's a goat Aaron. <sighs> then she starts thinking she starts getting scared and she thinks what if bigfoot was real and not a legend bitch I would much rather encounter a Bigfoot, a humanoid Bigfoot in the wild than a bear or a moose or hypothermia, which at this point is inevitable with all your cotton clothes and your it's night in Alaska and I don't know where I am. Yeah. I mean, plus, you know, Bigfoots are gentle and well hung, you know, and and all gay. And (laughs) every Bigfoot I've read a book about has been hella gay and hella cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we're not in the Bigfoot's region. Like, actual big feet are down in the, the Washington, Oregon area, That's I think. True. I don't even think their territory is Alaska. Like, I don't yeah, think anyone think has ever been spotted up here. She would know that Bigfoots aren't really a thing there. No, I think we're anyway. in, like, Yeti territory. Yeah, that okay. would make more sense. Yeah, more Arctic. Yeah. Anyway, no, I'm okay. getting more and more nervous that we do have deers. But I've never seen one. I don't think we I do. actually, no, I Googled deer and it wasn't in there. So it was something else. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was something else she swerved to miss. All right. So she's there thinking to herself, here I am. I'm going to prove myself to my family who only thinks I'm good for spa like, days her family and charity would give a functions. fuck if she found treasure. Like her family right? would care at all. I know. Oh, wait, wait. No, I'm sorry. This is important. Yeah. Tell me everything. She's in this poor town that's struggling, and the town yeah. is so poor and struggling, and she's found God there, and she wants to stay there and find a man. Mm-hmm. And she thinks, I have to help this town. Mm-hmm. She's an heiress. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't get her dad to build a resort there just so that it get, becomes oh, a destination. Wait for that. Put a pin in that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't say, here's money. Right. Go save the town. She tries to find the treasure herself. Like, there's never a discussion of, like, I could just give money to town. Uh Uh-uh. To help town. Never. She never thinks about that. There's no, like, I know how to run a a real great charity function. I'm going to charity function this Mm -hmm. town back into sustainability. Go back to Anchorage. Raise some money. (laughs) Have a gala. No, Erin, she's going to find that mythical treasure that possibly doesn't exist and if it does is probably a fucking bible i'm calling it oh it is i'm it calling is. it's it. definitely gonna be an old bible i think it's gonna be a, a godly you guys spoilers they find the they find the treasure yeah but they're not they don't open it until after this book so we but don't, they don't know open what it, it is until the next book that's exactly because i was like there's no way it's money there's no, no. way it's anything valuable it's something that's valuable to like the hearts Yep. It is a Bible. That's what it is. I was thinking it would be like letters. Yeah. Or, you know, like, you know, something that's emotionally valuable. And it might be that. I just think it's a Bible. No, it's 100% definitely a Bible. (laughs) Now I don't need to read the lawman's 
widow or whatever. Nope, I did it for you. Yeah. There you go. Okay, wait, I have to read one passage for later. Okay. Penelope stopped to brush stray tears from her cheeks. It was getting cold, and she'd have to find shelter soon. And she could do that. She'd watch those survivor guys on TV. She had matches. She had food, water, and a rain poncho. Little children survived in the mountains. Surely she could, too. She could even fish. She'd done that on the guided tour she'd taken a couple of days after <gasps> getting to Treasure Creek. What? Oh, I missed it. But no, but one little problem. No fishing pole this time. <laughs> Put a pin in that, motherfuckers! <laughs> Put a pin in that one. But also, like, okay, you're legit lost in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You know what a fishing pole is. Like, you can make a fishing <laughs> <No>. pole. <laughs> Like, of the things that you could make, uh-huh. fishing pole is probably the easiest one. <laughs> but also, I like, hear you. you guys, if you're lost in the wilderness, food is a tertiary need. Like, you, right. you need, you need, you need shelter, number yeah. one, and then then you need water, and then you, you can go 30 days without food. I'm probably preaching to the choir. We have a lot of wilderness experts, it seems, in the, we in do. the HB crowd. But food is not number one. Shelter is number one. Right. All right. So okay. she does encounter this bear. And she's a scrambling back and crying and screaming and, and takes off her backpack somehow. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, a burly man is burlying around. He's like hunting, quote unquote. He's just walking in the wilderness. Trying to ignore his, his weary, broken heart. Yeah. And she something. sees him. And she says, is that that lost lawyer? <laughs> That's crazy. Is that that lost lawyer, Tucker Lawson? Are you shitting oh, me right now? I, I didn't notice that his <laughs> last name was Lawson. <laughs> and he's the lawyer. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, I hear here's probably why I hated Tucker so much, in addition to his just objective terribleness. Okay. Mm-hmm. My favorite horse was named Tucker. Oh, and it made me really angry <laughs> that somebody with the name Tucker was so shitty because he was so good down to his soul and if his you... beautiful golden eyes. And he was so loyal and he was so gentle and sweet, my Tucker. How dare anybody use his name for evil? If you had to marry one... Tucker Lawson or your horse Tucker. My horse. Which one? <laughs> Are you shitting me? My horse without even blinking. I'm not marrying this misogynist. God, he sucks. So she sees him. She here's what she knows about him is that there was this big fancy lawyer from Seattle who came Seattle. to Treasure Creek because right. the people in the town were talking about this when she was there for a week. He came to Treasure Creek to bury his father who had died. Yeah. And then he took off in his small plane because he's a pilot and then crashed it somewhere in the wilderness. And now he's been, been able to find him for months. Search parties and search parties and search parties put a pin in that. Do we ever hear about plane crash and heroic survival story of Tucker Lawson? No. We no. we only hear about like what's happened since. And I just feel like that's a whole story. Like, I crashed my plane. Like, you can't have no injuries after a crashed plane in the well, wilderness. Aaron, Aaron, I'm sorry. Did you not hear that he crashed in the lake? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I did hear that. 
In fact, that can be much scarier to crash in the lake. I hear you. Yeah. Anyway. No, but Tucker won't open up to her because he refuses to give her any of his time or energy. He finds her. She's getting attacked kind of by the bear. And he swoops in and he picks her her up up over his shoulder. Like a sack of potatoes. Melody. Yes. Why Tucker pick up woman? (laughs) Because we later learn that she has twisted her ankle, but I don't think Tucker could have known that in any way. So he just starts carrying her, which is like not being carried by another person is not the best way. That's not the the fastest fastest way to get away from a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Listen, here is what he thinks about women's. Hit me with it. I'm actually going to read you a romantic passage. I'm actually going to read you (laughs) a passage that's supposed to be, ooh, he like her. But I personally think it tells you more about what a misogynist he is than anything else. Mm -hmm. So it says, great. That's what he needed. Not just any female, but a crazy Mm. one. A Mm -hmm. crazy female with eyes the color of the sky and blonde hair tangling around the face of a Norwegian princess. Why crazy? I mean, I think in his defense, very recently, she might have said, leave me here. I can take care of myself. That is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm... There are some times where Tucker is like so mean and so misogynist toward Penelope that I'm so on Tucker's side. And I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, well, you know, I wouldn't have said that about all women. But if this is your sample set, I know because she's very like, put me down. I can take care of myself because she's trying to prove to herself and everyone that she is a strong person and she can survive in the wilderness, which like objectively she can't. And that's no, fine. She's doing Penelope. terribly. You guys, survival in wilderness is not a very good barometer for like if you're a good, strong person no. and more than an heiress. Like right. more than an heiress and survival in the wilderness, Venn diagram has a very slight overlap. There's a lot <laughs> of other stuff out there that you can do. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. So anyway, he's like, I'm taking you to this cabin that I've been staying at. Cool, cool, cool. And she's like, you're Tucker Lawson, the lost lawyer. And it says in her inner inner monologue, he was so handsome. He made her mouth water a little. The way it watered when she looked at a yummy dessert. Okay, I have like a few things to say in rapid succession here. Please. He also immediately recognizes her as Penelope Lear, the socialite. Yeah. I mean, Um, he has a good reason for it, but. Well. Does he? Okay. (laughs) Because he recognizes her, but he is a lawyer who lives in Seattle. Right. He has a law practice in Seattle. Okay. I had this same thought, I think. And he talks about how Penelope's dad reached out to him as a possible candidate to marry Penelope. Mm -hmm. And we later find out that he's a DUI lawyer. In Seattle. Yeah. So, like, what is, what's his name? Mr. Lear? Herman. Herman Herman Lear. Lear. Richest man in Alaska. Yeah, what? What is he doing reaching out to 
And I'm not disparaging it. It's a great profession. DUI lawyers in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, it just like, doesn't seem like because she talks about how he's like reaching out to all these like titans of industry to like marry her. Right. It makes no fucking sense. Especially since he's like self-made, he says. Uh, it turns out his dad, you know, we told you that he was like a fisherman in Treasure Creek or whatever. So he and his dad had a falling out because he moved away to Seattle to find his mom, live with his mom. I don't, it never said, he never goes into the details about his mom other than he has Mm -hmm. serious mommy issues and abandonment issues that he needs years of therapy for and not good pussy and a tiny bit of Bible. (laughs) Like, that's not going to fix it, my dude. Oh, God, I wish you guys could have seen Melody for that one. That was a great, (laughs) wow, you won the debate on that one. (laughs) So... Like, yeah, what what are his requirements for pawning his daughter off on a stranger who works too much? Well, and so I don't think that Seattle DUI lawyers know what Anchorage socialites look like, even if they did exist. Yeah. So did Herman reach out to Tucker and then Tucker, like, did a Google and was like, nah. Like, because I feel like if a strange man from Alaska called me and said... Would you mind marrying my son? I'm just reaching out to all the lawyers in Seattle to see (laughs) if maybe one of you would marry my son. That I don't Google it. I don't Google it. I just say, no, thank you, sir. Keep walking. Mm -hmm. He clearly he had to because he's he recognizes her. And you guys, this is in today times. When I chose yeah, this, this book, I assumed that it happened in like 1850 because <laughs> Anchorage Socialite <laughs> Anchorage Socialite and Treasure. <laughs> but no. Also, I'm sorry, I don't remember the context, but they talk about Smokey Bear, but they say <laughs> Smokey the Bear. Fuck you, no. <laughs> Any self-respecting outdoor person knows that it is Smokey Bear. Smokey Bear. His name is Smokey Bear. He First is name Smokey, Smokey the Bear. Last, His last name, bear. name is Bear. Accurate. <laughs> Thank you. All right. There are a few other things I need to talk about. Wow. Chapter two is where I'm at. <laughs> yep. He um, sees her and he says to himself, but we've covered a lot of ground, okay? We, we have. covered we a have. lot of setup ground. He says to himself, a woman in the middle of nowhere? How in the world had a woman gotten out here? You're out here. So I don't know. The same way as you. Feet. <laughs> He's like, Treasure Creek's so far. Like, yeah, you're here. Like, right. I don't understand. Maybe she flew her own plane. Asshole. Also, a woman is here? that far? Because all distances in this book make not a lick of sense, and we will get to it, but I don't think it's actually that far. It's supposed to be like 20 miles as the crow flies or whatever. I almost said as the bee bumbles. Mm -hmm. Glad I didn't say that, though. (laughs) It's a great (laughs) phrase. But again, (laughs) you guys, our foreign language speaking HBs who are English as a second language HBs have been very confused by some of our phrases. (laughs) It's true. It's true. We should not be uh, <laughs> the beacons of vernacular. No, do not hear us say a phrase and, and write that down and say, ooh, a new English phrase I can try out because <laughs> nope. it's nonsense. Also, he says to her, she's chatting on the trail. And he says, oh, good. He said, yes. Oh, good. We're on, we're on the trail. He says to her, do you think you could be quiet? 
I really wouldn't want to come into contact with the mother of that bear cub because he says it's a cub that attacked her. She says it's a full grown bear. It doesn't doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Guys, if you are in bear country and you, you are bear aware, noise. you should be making noise. If you are make with many a noises. chattering woman who won't shut up, that is the best bear bell that you can have. Yeah. And he should be thanking her for singing her stupid little songs and saying her stupid little things. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you for pointing that out. Also, um, when they get to the cabin, he says to himself, he says, this place was his haven. And now he had to share it with a screeching, high maintenance <clears throat> female. Yep. Mm -hmm. Boy, he is a treat. Yeah. <sighs> she tells him on the trail that his best friends, Gage and Jake. Jake yes. <laughs> that sounds right. It are does. looking uh -huh. for him. And he's... He's still like for days is like, I'm not ready to return because of his emotional problems. But I just want you to understand, listener, I <laughs> I guess I'm going to do this now. Okay. These are not good people. No. Tucker is a, is a selfish, bad person. Yes. And the reason I know that is that if you are lost in the wilderness for mm -hmm. an amount of time, whether that amount of time is five minutes or five years, uh -huh. the only thing that you're thinking about is how worried everybody is about you. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're lost and you can't contact home and you know that you're okay. Yeah. And you have parents or you have friends or you have, you know, whatever who's searching for you. That's yep. all you're thinking about is how mm -hmm. much pain you're causing the people who you love and the fact that he hasn't even thought about that he says he he's like left a, a note eyelash he says he left a note somewhere or something it's like mm -hmm. no no if you leave a note that you're gonna go fly your plane and then you're gone for three months bro like you're causing you're a lot of pain a lot mm -hmm. he does not give a fuck and neither does she no, she he keeps on being like, ugh, I can't believe this stupid mm -hmm. woman is forcing me to go back to the real oh. world. And no matter how many times she tells him, they're still sending out search parties for you with the hope that you're okay. Or yeah. I don't know, to find your remains so they can yeah. give you a Christian burial. He's just like, ugh. And also, you know who's footing the bill for that shit? Oh my Treasure God. Creek. The struggling town. Yeah. Yeah. And like later when he gets back and the cops like, I want to talk to you about some stuff. You know who's going to be footing the bill for that? Tucker Him. Lawson. Yeah. Because when you go purposefully lose yourself in the wilderness and you know that search parties are going on and you don't do anything to stop it, guess who's going to sue you? Yeah. The city or the state or whoever sent helicopters out to go mm -hmm. find you. As Just they so you should. Know. Or yeah, if you're stupid. And the state has to spend money finding you, they're going to send you a bill. Okay. Other weird things that happen in <laughs> chapter two. Yes. They're like tending to her ankle on the couch. And he's like, well, you're going to be you're gonna be stuck here for a little while, at least until your ankle here heals. And she goes, I can't be stuck here. I have to. Brows arched. I have to <laughs> what? She sank back onto the couch because it was no use. She had to find a husband who would love her. And no. then a couple of pages later, somebody throws an ace bandage at him because also there's an older couple called Wilma and Clark, and they're living uh -huh. at this tiny cabin, too. And so Wilma is sort of playing matchmaker, and she throws an ace bandage at him to, so that he can wrap her ankle up. And he goes, 
he thought to himself, he didn't want to touch the foot of an heiress. Mm -hmm. What is that? Yeah, I had that highlighted too, the I have to, have to what passage. Uh Uh-huh. But she says that she wants to find a husband who will love her, like you said. It says, cynical eyes didn't want to hear about love, about a father who thought he could pick the perfect mate for his daughter. It sounded positively Victorian when she'd said it out loud. Her friends had laughed and laughed when they'd heard. And when I first read that, I thought she was talking about her weird search for a husband in the wilderness of Alaska. Yeah. I don't know if she actually means that her father's like setting her up with people. No, she mentions arranged marriages like a lot in the book. So I think that's what it is. Like, you know, the joining of two powerful families as what is quote unquote Victorian. Although apparently he's scraping the bottom of the barrel now. Right. DUI lawyers. So, (laughs) Which again is a noble profession and we will fucking get there. But yes, not the guys I thought he was reaching out. I thought he would be at least reaching out to other Alaskans. Yeah. Hey, listener. Novel Pairings is a podcast dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. You seriously have to listen. In each episode, English teacher hosts Chelsea and Sarah discuss one classic book through a modern lens, and then they share recommendations for contemporary reads that feature similar themes. As two nerdy bookworms, they appreciate the role of classic lit, but much like heaving bosoms, they don't get too academic about it. Other episodes include TBR toppling book recommendations, interviews with fellow bookworms, and deep dives into literary genres. They're a little bit Jane Eyre and a little bit Jane Austen, and you'd be surprised how often they find romance novel pairings for the classics they discuss. We recommend starting with episode four, Comforting Classics. Seriously, check out Novel Pairings. This podcast is wonderful. Okay, three paragraphs later, they're doing the ace bandage thing, and somebody says out loud in Alaska in November, if we had ice, we'd ice it down. Are you shitting me i missed that if we had eyes we'd ice it down he touched the darkened (laughs) flesh and she squeezed her eyes closed (laughs) all right okay then the next day so she goes to sleep and and when she wakes up she sees the guys like i don't know somebody's chopping wood but we don't even get to experience it in like an enjoyable look at that manly man chop wood way what Aaron? bing bing bong bing bong yeah bird click (laughs) <laughs> There's another bear passage that I want to point out in case anyone ever reads this book. It oh, says yeah. something, he he thinks something about how the bear wasn't a grizzly, so it wouldn't have eaten her. And many mm. people get eaten by black bears every year. It's rare, yeah. but it does happen. So just be bear aware, everybody. And don't think that only grizzlies will be dangerous to you, because that's not true. Yeah, sing your Christmas carols, beat sticks together, be bear aware when you're out in the Alaskan wilderness. Okay, I just don't want inaccurate safety information to be put out. Also, if you're in Alaska in November and you don't have any ice to ice your ankle, you can (laughs) use the fucking snow and ice (laughs) that's outside. (laughs) Okay, so then the next day she gets up and Tucker... Listen, this is such a red herring bullshit, but Tucker's like, <laughs> there's some boot prints outside the house that aren't our boot prints. There's a, somebody who's a snooping and mm-hmm. there are snoops. And it's like, cool, man. And nice you know what? Work. He doesn't think, how did they get out here? No. Because they're men's boot prints. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He just assumed they had legs or transportation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so then she comes out with a fishing pole and she says she hobbles over with a crutch and she says, do you think we'll catch fish for dinner? He handed her mm-hmm. the pole. We can try. What do I do? He laughed. Mm-hmm. Cast your line into the water. You say cast? Like I should know what that is. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you took a fishing class. Bitch, just learn how to fish. <laughs> you took a class. You took a class. <laughs> so you mad at her. Remember when you thought to yourself, I know how to fish because I took that class? I wish I had a fishing pole. Now you have one, you asshole. Yeah. Anyway, so she fishes and he helps her and he does the arms around her and the snoogling up on her neck parts and the whispering in her ear and all this stupid shit that happens when people teach each other how to fish or play pool or... Yes, Erin, your hand is up. I have a lot of other things to say (laughs) that are before the fishing and I'm sorry. The morning before they go fishing, she sees Tucker outside with an axe uh-huh. Chopping wood. And at every stage of the chopping wood, she thinks, what is he doing? <laughs> it's like he puts the wood on the stump. And cool. she's like, what Why could it be? <laughs> she's like, and then like him swinging it. Like she's just like totally. And then like finally when the axe connects with the log and splits yeah. it in half, she's like, oh, for firewood, we will need firewood because there's no water or electricity or heat in this cabin. <laughs> Additionally, if you are in a cabin in the backwoods of Schmurfer, Alaska, yeah. wherever, with no water, no electricity, and no heat, if you're in mm-hmm. that kind of cabin, guess what you're not going to find? A wooden crutch in the attic. Yeah. You know what it doesn't have? An, an attic. attic. There's no <laughs> attic. And why would there just be a random fucking crutch up there? There's nothing in this cabin, I, I'm certain. Which brings me to how did Wilma and Clark get out there with food and provisions for months? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Apparently, there's a pilot who just keeps dropping supplies and nobody oh, thought I to missed, themselves. I missed that. No, well, but nobody fucking thought to themselves, let's alert the pilot to let Treasure Creek know that the missing man is fine. Oh my God. They couldn't even do that much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't even. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. I missed where there had been supplies dropped. So I thought the author just was like, it's magic. They just no, have food. This whole cabin like oh experience is crazy because there's like four rooms. There's a whole staircase. There's like an upstairs and a downstairs and an attic. I'm surprised this mansion doesn't have a basement for no reason. <laughs> it's banana town bonkers. So he is like so impressed. And if he had a penis in this book, he would be hard <laughs> if he over had a penis. It would he be hard over the fishing. Yeah, it's true. He doesn't have one though. <laughs> While they're fishing, he says that she's running from something, and she says, "No, I'm not running from anything." But she looked away as if maybe she was. <laughs> so fucking funny oh the head hopping in this book is paragraph by paragraph and they do not there's no like break at all no there's just no alerting the reader yeah there's no all alerting sudden, the reader that now we're with her or with him it's paragraph by paragraph mm-hmm. it's it's rough knowing who you're who you're with yeah it was very jarring at first i got used to it but yeah yikes it was rough she keeps on saying things like oh are we sharing our secrets as to, like, why we're each out here? And he ca- keeps on being like, no, get out of my brain, you stupid woman. <laughs> and 
And then she'll be like, oh, is it because you have me pegged under the stereotypical heading of brainless heiress? She's constantly like, I left Anchorage to get away from men like you. And he's very like, "Um, you're dumb and stupid. And she's like, you think I'm dumb and stupid. And like, they just keep going in that circle forever. And let me tell you, listener, my biggest, my biggest qualm about this book is that it should have been a novella. Because it's the same internal quote unquote conflict for the entire book. It keeps on happening over and over again. The author tries to turn this into like a friendship situation, but he just like can't help himself to but neg her and tell her how stupid she is at mm-hmm. every turn. Okay. Oh, did you run from grief or something else? She smiled back at him. A broken heart. I'm not playing this game. Because there was something sweet and refreshing about her. And he didn't want to ruin it with the nightmares that had plagued him for months. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? but we know from his head that the deal with his father is that he had this slight conflict you kind of talked about that they never really explained with his dad where they had, he hadn't talked to him in a long time. Yeah. And then his dad was dying and he didn't get back in time to say goodbye. And then he found out that his dad could have been saved <laughs> so by... Sorry. Why are you laughing so hard? (laughs) Because it's like, there's a relatable thing, Uh author. Your dad is dying. You don't make it back in time. That Mm -hmm. is like a relatable everyday occurrence. Mm -hmm. But then she had to throw in that the dad could have been saved with a bone marrow transplant, but was too proud to reach out to his only blood relation. Yeah. Why? Well, he had reached out to him. It's just that Tucker hadn't called him back in so long. Oh, I cannot believe that's what happened. You leave a message that says, hey, bud, need your bone marrow. I know I haven't talked to you in five years, but I do need that sweet marrow from your bones. (laughs) I I just suck (laughs) out that marrow and put it in me. I just need the tiniest spinal tap. That's Uh all. And then, like, his whole thing with his mom is that, God, he hates He hates his mom. He hates women. He hates women. Because of his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like she I'm ran I'm surprised away. he didn't become a serial killer with how much he hates his mom. Agreed. Well, I guess there's still time. She runs away because materialism and uh, oh, wanting more out of her life. And right. the fact that women can only get that by dicking down men in yeah. this universe. Mm-hmm. And so she leaves while he's at school one day, apparently, like leaves a note question mark. Later on, he totally shames his mom in his brain by being like, yeah, she had gotten the country club and the lifestyle, took three husbands to do it, but forever Mm -hmm. was never in her vocabulary. Right, yeah. And I'm Uh like, yeah, because marriages fall apart because of one party all the time, you dickhead. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think he he was just, I think this whole book, he's trying to avoid Penelope because she's like his mother in his eyes. And she's trying to avoid him because he's like her father in her eyes. And that's the whole conflict. Right, right. Totally. Okay, I need you to explain this passage to me real quick. Can't wait. It says, if an heiress wasn't bad enough, make her an heiress wanting to be normal. The type Mm. who kicked off the glass slipper and refused to kiss the handsome prince. The handsome prince, thought, made him a little uncomfortable because just thinking about her as Cinderella made him envision himself as the prince she might kiss. Hmm. 
So, like, in this universe, Cinderella was an heiress? (laughs) 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 I don't. It didn't even occur to me. It didn't even occur to me. It was so buried in other bullshit. I didn't even see it. Even when you read it to me, I didn't hear it. It was, it was so good. I love it so much. You're right. That's stupid. <laughs> what? Can I read you something? Please. I would love that. Okay. She says she's telling him about her silly plan to go get the treasure because the people of Treasure Creek needed that treasure and she wanted to do that for them. Again. She has lots of money and things. Even if her dad didn't want to give money to Treasure Creek, she has uh-huh. jewels. She has furs. She, she has, has a whatever. trust fund out the wazoo. Yeah. Not, none of that. She's going to go find. But anyway, that, I, I digress. He says, you seriously have a photographic memory? She oh? says, I seriously do. And I have a degree in economics. He opened his mouth. But what did he say to this revelation? Shocked, speechless, she says. <laughs> and I just said, compass. That's all like, That's all I can think of. Every time she's like, I know karate, and I know economics, and I know things. I'm like, but you couldn't Google compass before you set out on your, you bought one. That's the other thing. She had a compass. She bought, she bought one at the general store and then didn't say, you know how to use this bad boy? Before she set out on her adventure. <laughs> and nothing she can do will will shake that image for me. I hear you. Then she talks to him about how much she loves Treasure Creek and yeah. how great it was to be there. And he says, I see. And she says, do you? Do you understand how wonderful it was to eat in a diner and not be recognized? Oh, my God. I checked into the inn and the clerk gave me a room with a view of the building next door. It was wonderful. This implies that she has... Some kind of paparazzi situation. I was going to ask you about the paparazzi in Anchorage. It's how much are you plagued by the paparazzi of Anchorage, Alaska? As one of the most, (laughs) and I don't say this lightly, powerful lawyers in Alaska. um, I hear you. I am followed like you wouldn't believe by those. flashy and it's alaska so it's it's the right it's the cameras with the big flash bulbs because we haven't really gotten there for the digital stuff yet and it's horrible it's blinding and every time i check into our one of our five hotels (laughs) they give me the the room with the viewiest view oh and i don't even have to ask for it it's just it's crazy and again she talks about how they they wear the 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 men that her dad wanted to pair her up with, like parade their wives around in evening gowns and jewels, and then like leave them alone at night. And it's like where, where I, I literally, Melody, there's no <laughs> there's nowhere in this town you could wear an evening gown if I you wanted you. to. Like maybe if there was like an event, maybe maybe, but it has to be like a specialty event designed mm-hmm. that way. There is one. One restaurant in the city with a dress code. One. And it's basically like, just don't have clothes you know, on. Like, play it cool. Like, that's the dress code. <laughs> like, I think it's jackets. And for ladies, it's like, play it cool. Like, don't, right. don't embarrass us. Right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay. Can I tell you how I, how I read this and what a horn dog I am? Yes. 
Cool. Please, this may be the horniest we get in this episode. All right. Well, I did it. She didn't. The passage says, if she kept talking, kept getting under his skin, he might turn her over. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Get it, you assholes. Even assholes Mm -hmm. can fuck. Um, But anyway, it says, turn her over to whoever was after her. There was a part where he lamented that she had him pegged. And <laughs> I have a similar. <laughs> oh, we're, I want to talk about a feminism. I love it when you talk about feminism, Aaron. Um, well, I mean, like, let's I, let's cool it a little bit. Like, don't, <laughs> like, let's, let's level out the expo- expectations here. But she several times in this book looks at Tucker and says, God, he is all male Uh. or all man and it upset me every time like i just can we stop can we stop in books being like he was all man as if you can't be a man without being like it just grossed me out every single time same he was so male it's like what does it mean like what do you even mean when you say that Uh uh-huh i hear you I hear okay. you. That was maybe that's that not a feminism super... soapbox. Maybe it is. that's a gender soapbox. I don't know what it is. That's still feminism. Yeah. It is. And just like I've read in multiple passages, and we're not even through chapter four, she's no. always like a crazy female, mm-hmm. a loud female. Us oh, in this one I'm looking at right now, a stubborn female. And it's just like, why? It's so mm-hmm heteronormative and gender essentialist and gross throughout Mm -hmm. this whole thing and i really disliked it so to recap all that's happened is she got to the cabin they slept and then she went fishing in the morning and the old couple was nice to her so we don't know why they're out there we don't really know like their backstory or anything tucker gives us a, a gives us a thought we have to do just a little bit of plot mill, just a smidge. I'm so sorry. I know. I came across I, a note. I started to hear us, and I'm like, we just got to move it like a little bit to the right. I love okay. It. He has a thought where he says that he should have done what he needed to do for his dad. And also, for a young girl whose life was taken too soon, he should I have knew done more. Immediately what happened. I knew it. Because I told you months ago. Oh, I don't remember. I told that. you. <laughs> yes, you do. In some <laughs> dark recess of your brain, you do. Uh, for a young girl whose life was taken too soon, he should have done more to protect her and not done more for himself. And so, like, he keeps leaving these, like, a young girl died because of him. There's, uh-huh. a, there's a girl that's it's cold so in the ground, taken too early, too young. And you're starting to think, <sighs> Tucker murderer? But of course no. not. But just so you know, that seed is being planted. He also keeps thinking Penelope and Trouble go hand in hand. Boy, does Trouble follow her with nothing to base that on whatsoever, except for the footprints he found. Oh, also, she sits down with Wilma and Wilma's like, hey, how about we peel potatoes? And it says, of course I can help. She had never peeled potatoes potatoes in her life. But she could do it. He's always talking about her, like, determination and, like, the way that and and it's literally just like i penelope lear am going to figure out how to peel a potato (laughs) i will not stop until potato is peeled (laughs) 
Yeah, it, you don't, guys, you don't just have to think to yourself what a strong and smart and good person you are. You also have to execute. Um, and the way you execute is not just to, like, think really hard that you can. You have to learn how to peel potato, which it takes a really long time. <laughs> Oh my god. This brings me to a situation. I don't know if Wilma and Clark start talking about their situation or it's yeah, um Yeah, it happens right around Tucker here. that starts talking about his situation. But there's a lot of people in this book saying a horrible, tragic event happened to me, and a lot of people saying back, It's God's plan, get over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't guys, don't say that shit to people. Yeah, can we stop? It deeply that? offended me every time like they were talking about their their dead son i think oh no it's in this part it's tucker talking about his dead dad and clark or wilma says to him i guess you wouldn't believe me if i said that someday you'll look back and see what god was doing with all of this mess i just cringe so hard it's like you can believe that and i I think that's wonderful if you can if you can find comfort in that that's wonderful like we talked about how that like that couple in pestilence was like come on in pestilence and it's like oh my god like how can you have that level of faith like that's truly beautiful yeah but don't say that to somebody like don't say that to somebody like someday you're gonna figure out why your dad is dead and like i don't know it's just like don't do that okay okay aaron i found a look into your brain are you ready for the my brain brain yeah yeah i think this is how you think oh no uh-oh. Now I'm trying to help you and ignore the way her lips pursed and her eyes sparkle like dark blue fire. Redirect, your honor. If he'd been in court, he would have redirected his thoughts, her words, her look. Wait, what? What page is that on? Wait, he thinks to himself the words redirect, your honor? Redirect, your honor. It's italicized. Wait. Wait. He doesn't like the track his... Thoughts are going down, and so to, to get himself back on track, he's like, redirect, your honor. Wait, okay, I don't, <laughs> I can't think of a scenario right now where you would say to a judge, redirect, your honor. I can see where a judge would say to you, redirect. Because it's like you've got, you got direct where you ask your witness questions, and then somebody else comes mm-hmm. and they cross-examine your witness, and then you can go back and clean that mess up. Right, right, And right. that's called redirect. And so Uh the judge will turn to you and say, do you want to redirect? And then you say, Uh yeah, I'll redirect. (laughs) But you never ask the judge. Maybe you would ask. I don't know. But also, it's not like you're changing. You're just like moving your thoughts over to the right a little bit. (laughs) That's not what redirect is. Redirect, Your Honor. Maybe he's asking the judge if if he's allowed to redirect now. That's that's pretty. You don't want to do that. You want to wait for the judge. There wasn't a question mark. But it's also not like changing your thoughts. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> wow, I'm glad I herbed that. Okay, so after they have dinner, he goes out on the porch to think. Oh my god! And she comes oh. out on the porch after him. What a thirsty bitch! She's Stay so thirsty inside. Okay, I'll give her the first time. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Okay. So I she hear goes you. out. And she, she does she does something I'm gonna call the Thanksgiving groom challenge. She looks up to the sky and she says, "The stars don't shine like this in the city." <laughs> she basically looks. She's like, "Wow, 
I've never seen stars before. And then they talk about what stars look like for a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. And guys, again, Anchorage not that big. Like, they do. (laughs) There's stars. Are they shiny out there? Stars. (laughs) And pretty much everyone who lives here goes out there a lot where the stars are even more shinier. (laughs) So they talk about the stars for a while. They talk about... How, how they're going to get her back to Anchorage. And he's like, we're going to walk. He says they're going to walk. And she says, well, why don't we just find the Jeep? And he goes, which is where? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> so she rented it again. This is a good woman yeah. who is full of faith and Thanksgiving love. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rented- and she's also very competent, you guys. So how dare you think she's not? Very competent. Printed a Jeep, (laughs) drove it to nowhere, got Uh out, then walked to further nowhere, and Uh has no intention of returning that Jeep to anyone. None. Or even if she bought the Jeep, maybe she didn't rent it. No, 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 she rented it. No, she rented it. That Jeep belongs That's to someone thing. else. It's like she's so full of faith and prayer and stuff, but her actions are like, you rented this from someone. Uh-huh. And in a small Alaskan town like that, there can't be a lot of rentals. Like, that's right. the Jeep, probably, that they rent. Mm-hmm. And ju- you just wow. have no... It has not crossed your mind to return it. Mind-boggling. Ugh. Again, to the failing town <laughs> that you're trying <laughs> to save. That's that business. They're done now. They can't yep. replace Jeep. Well, don't <sighs> worry. They head off in a Range Rover later. Mm-hmm. She says during this conversation that she's not in a hurry to get back because she could live off the land if she needed to. Oh, my God. So I um, disagree. Yeah. Guys, I disagree. <laughs> don't come to Alaska and try to lose, live off the land. There's a book yeah. about it. It doesn't work out. Like it doesn't, You can't just... <laughs> Walk into Alaska and live off the land. It doesn't Wasn't that a Leo that DiCaprio way. movie? <laughs> no. That was a Emil Hirsch movie. Oh. It's not a hero's tale, guys. Don't do that. It's stupid. It's a bad idea. Okay. So anyway, she's like, you don't want me out here, do you? And he's like, no. I was really loving my alone time. Unequivocally, I want to be alone. <laughs> And then he goes and moseys out in the woods after she goes inside, and he sees her come back out onto the porch to look mm-hmm, for him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think then he comes inside to have his dinner finally. Well, he tries to pray for the first time in years. First. Oh, congrats. Then he comes yeah. back in. <laughs> okay, right. so in three days they leave. Penelope is the kind of person, Wilma tells her about her son dying, and Penelope's like, honestly wishes more shit had happened to her in her life she's one of those people when somebody tells oh. her about the horrible things that happened to them penelope's like wow my life has been really shallow like i wish, I wish some really my deep life was shit. so much harder yeah mm-hmm. because i would handle it really well like basically like i could take it so oh. why won't god give it to me sort of a thing it's incredible rough. all right truly okay. incredible all right they head out Okay, so they head out. Um, my one thing, I have two notes about this journey. One is that, uh, this is a phrase that happens. It says, she'd give anything for coffee, but Tucker had insisted on downsizing, and the coffee pot had been deemed too bulky to take along. Oh, and, oh <laughs> I have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
I will Ooh. carry it myself. You will take that coffee pot out of my dead, frozen fingers. Listen, guys. Before there... you part it from me. If this had been an 1850s or a even 1970s book, I would have mm-hmm. said, okay, but there is so much coffee pots for backpacking. <laughs> it is no. so easy. And even if there isn't coffee pots for backpacking, there is lots of instant coffee, uh-huh. which they do end up having because Wilma brought some. And Tucker is salty about. Yeah. Tucker's like, uh, doing a workaround on me, Wilma. There are so many camp stoves and teeny tiny little coffee little thingies that are very light to bring that is fine. But like, you know, they've got this mystical cabin where like, where are they disposing of trash? Where are they getting? Why is there a coffee pot there? Do they leave it there for the next people? Like what, what is cabin? Like what is at cabin? And then the things that they did bring blew my mind. A quilt? Yeah. You brought... A quilt? Uh huh. <laughs> That's like the heaviest, worst thing you could bring with you mm-hmm. on this backpacking trek to the. It, it, it was just crazy the things that they left behind and the things that they brought and the end. Yeah, she's also making up stupid lyrics to Christmas songs. And the Ooh. only reason. Hashtag justice for Tucker. <laughs> like, yeah, hashtag justice for Tucker on this one. Because he's like, oh, you know, she keeps on singing these stupid Christmas songs. And. He tries to say to himself, like, I'm such a spoil sport because she's just trying to keep things cheery. And mm-hmm. I'm like, just because you're see- you're singing, I am miserable, my toes are frozen yeah. to the tune of Jingle Bells does not make you oh, cheery. The weather outside was weather. Yeah. Like, she's changing all the dumb <laughs> lyrics to dumber lyrics. And they're, like, miserable lyrics. It's like... Penelope, the competent heiress, had a very ice-cold nose. And if you ever asked her, she would say, yes, this blows. She wanted to fall down, curl up in a ball and die. But this dickhead Tucker would much rather see her cry. Punch you in your dumb face. Serious. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, on this... On this night, uh, they have a very confusing kiss. <laughs> that's all, that's really all I have to say about it. She comes out to be like, you still think I'm stupid and worthless. And he's like, you're not wrong. Well, because she has this like weird crying breakdown that day. Oh, that's where right. Where she just kind right. of like out of nowhere starts crying. Well, first she thinks that she has hypothermia because she's confused because she likes him. She likes him and she's like, oh, no, I have hypothermia and this is the symptom confusion. Right. Which is a household joke in my house where when one of us is dumb, we ask the other one if they have hypothermia, altitude sickness, (laughs) uh, COVID, anything where confusion is a symptom. Uh Um, Because it's, you know, concussion, all these things will say, oh, no, you have a concussion. And we'll be like, wait, (laughs) why? No. It's like because you're exhibiting confusion, which is a primary symptom. (laughs) Because that's stupid. Because if you only have confusion, it does not mean that you have hypothermia. Right. Anyway, so she's like, I have hypothermia. And then she just like starts crying like 
out of nowhere. I think mm-hmm. because she likes him and she's confused by it. Well, also, she has walked like seven miles yeah, in yeah, the yeah. frozen but, November I mean, Alaskan I think the wilderness or whatever. Is that she finds him handsome and then that makes her think about her shitty love life and like wh- wh- how she's so dumb about it and stuff. And then yeah. he like puts his arm around her and he's like, hey, you're strong. We're gonna, you know, get out of this and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then she gets mad that he comforted her or whatever. So this is kind of a reaction to that, I guess. It doesn't make it make more sense, but I think that's what the author wanted us to... The That's the line we're supposed to be following. Fair enough. Kay. Can I tell you the line where I immediately noped out? Sure. As she stared up, half wildcat and half lost kitten, <laughs> yeah. he leaned and touched Oof. his lips to hers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That metaphor comes back, too. Like, you yep. hope that it dies, and it just nope. does mm-hmm. not die. Oh. Then he says, this was more tender than his first kiss with Cindy Douglas on the playground after school. And I said to myself, ew, I would hope so. (laughs) Yeah, I would hope that any kiss that's not your first kiss would be more tender. Yeah. And then it says what he didn't need was a high maintenance female in his life. And then she says, she pushes him away and she says, don't. She took a few more steps back. This is just confusion from hypothermia. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, I, okay. <laughs> whatever, weirdo. Like, here's the thing. Hashtag a little bit of justice for Tucker. Because she's saying things like, you insist on putting me in some little box because you've labeled me heiress. And you think you know me, know how I should behave or what my life is like. And he says, I see. And she says, you mm-hmm. think I need a big, strong man to take care of me? And he says, uh-huh. No, he says nothing, actually. And she goes, I'm sick of people like you. And he says, okay. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, Penelope, I stopped talking a really long time ago. Like, you've just been arguing to no one. Yeah. And then that's when he kisses her. And then she's like, it's just hypothermia. We have hypothermia. Like, she's, she is crazy. Like, and I know, (laughs) I know that the ways that he says crazy female is not the best way that we would like it. Yeah, yeah. We, I'm not saying he's we know, wrong. We know that Tucker does mean all women, mm-hmm. but specifically applied to Penelope, he is right. Like, mm-hmm. because all he's ever said to her is, you're doing a great job when she does wilderness stuff. Yeah, it's really true. The next day, they're walking along, and they take a little break, sees, because Clark and Wilmer are old. <laughs> and Pen- Penelope says, what? That's what happened. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> And Penelope says, Clark, I'm new at this faith business, but something has really been on my mind. Mm-hmm, What's mm-hmm. that, Penny? And she basically is like, we haven't prayed this whole time. Mm-hmm. And so then they do a, a group prayer. But I'm mm-hmm. just like, has anybody in their life ever said, I'm new at this faith business, but something has been on my mind? Right. And during this prayer, he takes her hand. And she thinks, my tipped fingernail polish is the only remnant of my old life. And it's been three days. Three days. <laughs> I think it's both true. of us have been in the bush longer than three days. Yeah. But I've never looked at my hands and thought, the last remnants of my old life is tipped <laughs> fingernail polish. Like, it's just crazy. And then they get within sight of this village, which oh is where God. they're going. 
Mm-hmm. They never say it's a native village. They just say village. Yeah. Which could be any kind of village. We have Russian yeah. villages. We have just regular villages. We have native villages. We have all different ki- types of villages in Alaska. Mm-hmm. It's just a size of municipality. Well, and you and by regular, you mean like heterogeneous. No, I just mean anything. Like, like town, like city, like village is a right. size oh. of municipality. Like... It can be anything. Now, we do use, uh, colloquially, we do say the village to mean a native village or even a Russian mm-hmm. village in some places, um, as if you would say the city if you're near mm-hmm. New York City or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so they get, that's not even what I was starting to talk about, although we'll get there. They get right. into striking distance and he just picks her up and starts carrying her. Yeah, because she's been a hobbling. But yeah. he has not cared like, a lick now? until right then. Yeah, this yep. is the first time. <laughs> Why now? So that they can think he's a hero? Then, Well, wait, can I read it to you? <sighs> if you're okay. reading the part that I'm, I'm up. It I don't think I'm reading me. the part. Okay. I just want to make sure that they understand exactly what this is happening. So it, she says, you can let me down now. Nah, I think I'll just carry you into camp. So everyone will think you're a big strong man he laughed no they'll think we're married i believe it's an ancient wedding ceremony yeah that's the part it's a lot more effective than a snowman named person brown because she was singing that stupid shit penelope struggled to get free but his grip tightened let me down i'm kidding penny i promise you carrying a woman into camp isn't a wedding ceremony you're sure nearly he kissed the top of her head and snuggled her clothes. <laughs> okay, all right. There's a lot to break down there. Uh huh. So one of the things is when they said that they were nearing the village, I thought that they meant Treasure Creek. Like, did you think that yes. they were going to Treasure Creek? Apparently, it's not. It's a native village, but they haven't mm-hmm. said that yet. They've just said they're nearing a village. They're close to camp. They're close to a settlement. Like those sorts of things. Right. He says that as an offhand remark of like, oh, it's an ancient tradition and they, quote unquote, they uh-huh. will think I'm marrying you. Then later when you learn that this is an Alaskan native village, it's it's a real rough thing to have said, I feel it's like. It's fucking gross. Yeah. Anyway, so that's one yeah. part of that. The other thing is the Parson Brown thing is so we- such a so weird, weird, weird through line because she sings, what's the song? It's the snowman it's winter wonderland winter or something. Wa- yeah in the dun- 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 snowman right we'll and pretend that he Parsons, is person brown Browns. okay say, fine oh, okay. Snowman. so then but she you thinks to herself like, at one point she's like he's a he's my big strong snowman while they're out there oh, like God. i think when he picks her up or something or when she's hugging him and she's like mm-hmm. i i think he he's like a big snowman and it's like is that hot is snowman's <laughs> hot? And then is he Olaf Parson. If anyone said to me Parson Brown before this book, I would uh-huh. not understand the reference. But it's their <laughs> weird little in joke because one time she changed the lyrics to Winter Wonderland. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you um, have anything else read, to say about yeah, that? Yeah, oh, yeah, passage? I do. Okay. I oh, no, not that stupid passage. But I do have to move on to another stupid passage. All right. And by stupid, I mean problematic and really fucked. Are we going to talk about Native Heritage Month? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I can't wait. All right. So she says, what tribe is this? She held tight to his shoulders as they moved closer to the village. I'm not sure, but it looks like we caught them in the middle of a celebration. It's November, (laughs) Alaskan Native Heritage Month. 
when they all go out and celebrate in the streets. Like, what the hell For does that mean? onlookers. Literally, it says, I'm sure they've got, uh, okay, I hope they don't mind visitors. I'm sure they've got several. This is more for outsiders than for them. Ah, what it like? How fucking dare you? Hey, HBs, we never find out what tribe it is. Never. Later on, she goes back out with the doctor to like play white savior and bring vaccines. Which, by the way, is not necessary no. For Alaskan native villages, have tons of healthcare, lots of vaccines, yeah. lots of everything. I mean, these are small communities that are remote, but they figured out ways to have a lot of accessible stuff out where yeah. they're at. And like the the idea that this village, whatever it is, needs them to like drive out there with vaccines and that there's like little children being like, thank you for helping us be vaccinated is insane yeah. and stupid and offensive and and really insulting yeah and super not okay especially when she never gives them a name it's offensive and it's rough and in some ways i'm glad she didn't pick a tribe after i mean yeah right (sighs) after the twilight situation i am somewhat glad she didn't subject a specific tribe to this but in another way i feel like she wanted to have this like cute i don't know it's like she wanted to have it but she didn't want to do any research and she didn't want to actually pin it to a location or pin it to a people or you know like she didn't right. want to actually do do the work there but she wanted to have this like cute little accurately tribal represent thing. a population yeah that's what i'm saying like she didn't want to like, write anything that was actually representative of anyone but she did want to have like a little native times for no, these two instead she wanted to create a scenario in which we could be like Look at those wonderful, generous white people and the yep. way that they help the native peoples. And honestly, <gasps> I'm going to be totally frank with you. I think it's because it's a Thanksgiving book. Gross. I don't know that to be true. Like that's not said in, like that. That isn't like. And also it was Thanksgiving is not said, but it just it really felt that well, way. She says that they bring out toys and vaccines and uh, food boxes like for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, she does say that they bring whatever. Food and toys is one thing. Like, every community has kids that need food and toys. Like, everywhere has food drives and toy drives for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that is done. Like, people do bring out food and toys to communities all over the state, as they do in whatever state where you are at. Yes, there are impoverished people everywhere. Yep. But it just felt so icky. Yeah, Especially since they, they go from, I don't know what tribe this is, but don't worry. They'll definitely be putting up a show and jazz handing oh for all the white people who want to come look Again, at them. for Native Heritage Month. Like, it makes no sense. Like, they're, like they're just going to be out in the street celebrating? Like, don't worry. It's not really for them. It's for us. <laughs> so we hate it. So, like, these places are so remote for the most part. Like, I would say mm-hmm. an overwhelming majority of these villages are so remote. There's no, like, people just wandering in to see the folksy celebration of the people. Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah. All right. So then, basically, they arrive at this village. They suddenly have a cell phone service as soon as they step into the village or something. Mm-hmm. Herman Lear and her mom show up and immediately whisk them off into back to Treasure Creek. 
mm-hmm. on a helicopter. Yeah, and her parents have been looking for her with helicopters and planes mm-hmm. and like all kinds of stuff, just like they've been looking for him. And it never occurs to her to feel bad about that or sorry or anything. Not at all. And then what happens, Erin? There's a bunch of shit that doesn't matter that happens in town. Well, we talk to so many women's who are just trying to get the men's. Jolene oh, oh, after can't, they go back to town? Yeah. Well, so Jolene like, can't help but scare off all the men it, folks. Stop it, stop it. With her Tennessee she, fur coat well, first, and her the, ravenous the, sexuality. <laughs> the parents want to take her home to Anchorage. She won't go, so she goes home to Treasure Creek. Uh, Tucker has to also go to Treasure Creek because he still hasn't settled his father's estate. Yeah. So that's just been pending forever, inconveniencing the shit out of a bunch of legal entities, I'm sure. And also, he mentions that he can stand to stay a few more weeks in Treasure Creek because he has coverage back at the firm. So not only have the people he loves been been looking for him, but also, like, some poor lawyer back in Seattle is doing double the DUI Uh cases because, like, (laughs) Tucker's gone, possibly dead, and is not making any more money than he was before or she was Mm -hmm. before. Anyway, I, you know... That hit you hard, justice it? for Tucker's trial partner, for sure, because <laughs> he's an asshole. There's a lot of bullshit back at town. We can burn through this. We can go fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's like set up for a lot of other books. Anyway, so he shows up. Oh, hey, guys. Do you remember how there was that danger back at the cabin? Mm. Don't worry. Tucker didn't ever tell either of the women's Mm-mm. about no, that danger. just Clark. Yeah. Because only the men folk should know about the dangers to mm-hmm. your lives. Yeah. And instead, the moment he gets back to town, he talks to the sheriff or whatever, the police chief, and he's like, hey, there was some dangers that was happenings, mm-hmm. and I think we should keep an eye on Penelope's. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, we are men, so we should definitely do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, she finds out the next day when she's pulled into the office and told for the first time that she was being stalked mm-hmm. into the Alaskan bush. Mm-hmm. And I love that Tucker tried to like figure out this mystery being like who could possibly be following her that they want to take her prisoner and do a ransom or whatever. It's yeah. like you know who probably knows who's following her? Penelope. Like if if I were Maybe being so. stalked and followed, I could give you probably a list of 10 people that might be candidates whereas a stranger wouldn't be able to come up with those people that's true and on the one hand you are correct you should give the person who's in danger a agency and b the ability to give you any intel but rest assured listener penelope is just as incompetent as tucker thinks she is Mm -hmm. and she has no clue who could be doing this to her or why so the idea is like tucker's kind of being her bodyguard she keeps saying she doesn't need a bodyguard and he's like i'm your friend you know because he's worried that somebody's gonna like take her captive okay but he's doing it in the most gaslighty way Mm -hmm. because he'll be like i need to be your bodyguard because you're super stupid and you're always getting into trouble yeah you wouldn't know danger if it backhanded you across the face like this and then he's like yeah like like this (laughs) thanks tucker thank you i've learned now you learned me (laughs) but then he's also being like i don't know he keeps on giving her sex him up eyes and she keeps on being like are you ready to open up to me and he's like no i'm never gonna open up to you that's not what our relationship is like and she's like what is our relationship friends and then he'll be like i have to drop you off right now because i need to go do things on my own in solitude yes and she's like oh 
okay. And then he'll kiss her Mm -hmm. and then claim in the next breath that they're just friends. They never even talk about the kissing. Never. Never. (laughs) It's baffling. Can I tell you something that I saw about coffee? (laughs) Please. It says there were men standing around drinking coffee. Oh, my God. Do you general store coffee? Of course I do. She says to herself, it wasn't good coffee. She tried it when she first came to town. And then she figured it was guy coffee. It was strong enough to cut through metal and it was meant to keep women at bay. Don't coffee shame women. What? Don't coffee shame us. Did I ever tell you about drinking black coffee? I think I have on the podcast. I've talked about that issue. I have no memory of it. Erin is working for the Orleans Parish DA's office. And it's Uh 3 a.m. And she's at, I don't know why I started this in third person, but I guess we'll just (laughs) keep with it. (laughs) Oh, wow. We're going to police station. And it's like three in the morning. I'm going to switch it back and switch it back to first person. And I am there and it's like three in the morning and like the mayor's there and the DA's there. It was a big deal. What was happening that night? The thing that was happening was a big deal. And I got some coffee and put cream in it. And somebody who was a very high up person who I will not name, but I did name a couple of high up people just moments before. Somebody who was also a person that was a big deal said to me, to my face, if you want to be a DA in New Orleans, don't put cream in your coffee because you're already a woman. People are going to think it's a weakness. And I, for some reason, like took that to heart. And I was like, yes. Aaron now drink black coffee because Aaron, strong, important lady. Aaron. And I was like, th- it took me years to be like, gosh, this heartburn. Like, maybe <laughs> I should just start. Wait a minute. Like, what? Isn't that the strangest thing? That is so weird. Gatekeeping over coffee creamer. Wow. Yeah. Blew Leave my it mind. to the patriarchy. It, well, it, it didn't blow my anything. mind at the time, but like 10 years later, I was like, wait. I can put cream in my coffee if I want. Lots of important, strong, regular, you know, people put cream in their coffee. That's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that person. Whoever it was. Mm -hmm. The county clerk. Or the... I'll tell you Mayor. Or the... It was not the mayor. Local karate teacher. Could have been anybody, really. Yeah. It was (laughs) ahead of something, but it was not the mayor. I don't want to shame the mayor. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Listen, they want to find that treasure. And one of the ladies, I mean, dead ass serious, looks at this literal heiress and starts blubbering and crying when the heiress is like, I risked my life to go get the treasure for Mm -hmm. the town. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, (laughs) I'm just so thankful that you care enough about the town to go find the treasure. Yeah. I just pay the town's debts. She thinks to herself, her mother had once told her that charity was about giving money, not about getting caught up in other people's problems. It is. Like, it it could definitely start with money. If you you have it, it. give it. It isn't about going there. Because you know what? Needing to go there and actually fix something with your hands and be amongst the people and do the schmur schmur, that is about you, Penelope. Yep. That is not That's about, about your the town. hero complex. What the town needs is fucking money. They don't mm-hmm. need the treasure. They don't need you to go there and sing Amazing Grace and blah, blah, nope. blah. What they actually need is your money to bail them out yeah. of a financial crisis. And it doesn't even occur to her to do that. Or a little bit of development that your family's huge tourism mm-hmm. things could do. Ugh. And she actually 
turns her brother away, mm-hmm. saying that a resort on the on the place would quote unquote ruin Treasure Creek. Yeah. Because it would ruin her idyllic notion of what Treasure Creek is mm-hmm. and should be. And small so towns gross. are not idyllic like this. I mean, there are lots of places that are small and beautiful and wonderful, but they have the same shitty problems that yes. you have in your big city. The small mm-hmm. town also has drug problems and domestic mm-hmm. violence problems and, you know, what whatever problems. Because people have problems. Yep. Just because the town is small and in a beautiful location doesn't mean it's whatever. I don't know. I just, True. Ugh, I hate it. I do too. I want to read a romance so, series about a shitty small town. Yes. That's what I want. Oh. So basically, all the men's are like, we got to keep on her. We got to watch her night and day. And then what's his name keeps on kissing her and then like basically telling her he didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the what? time where he clamped a hand over her mouth in broad daylight in the middle of oh. nowhere? And it's like, oh my God, yes. Penelope, don't scream. It's just me, Tucker. I wanted to walk you over to the church. <laughs> like, Why are you clamping your hand on her? Like, why are you what, scaring why? the living daylights out of her for no reason? Right? Is it because you're trying to terrorize her into accepting your bodyguarding? You asshole. <laughs> okay. Super weird. So basically then at the end, it comes true. It does happen. Yeah. She gets done kidnapped uh-huh. and she breaks her grandmother's pearls and leaves them skittered all over the small over the sidewalks. Very smart. What what isn't smart is that she drops her cell phone. Don't drop your yeah. cell phone. Stop dropping your cell phone. Even if you don't have service, they might be able to find you with your cell phone. Anyway, and then she keeps on fraying off pieces of yarn from her mm-hmm. scarf or something. Also smart. She's leaving the breadcrumbs. So she gets kidnapped by two dudes in like the afternoon on a Thursday. And then Friday morning, they talk to Tucker. She and Tucker have had this big fight. And Tucker's like, I'm packing up and going back to Seattle's. And she's like, fine, I never want to see you again because I bought a house in two days time and I'm living here now. But then they come over and they're like, Tucker, have you seen Penelope's? And he's like, I haven't seen hide nor hair of Penelope's. And I don't really care to. Yes. Oh, they had a fight because Tucker came clean about the dad approaching him to marry Penelope. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, so this is just courting Herman Lear style. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, I told him no. And this is just friendship. Mm hmm. Which is like very confusing because he does keep kissing her on the mouth. Yeah. With and tongue, maybe. Wait, I'm so sorry, but this is like my primary problem with the book. Oh, please. He also comes clean about the woman he didn't kill in Seattle. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. No, this, no, please. I'm so rooted in this. It upset me to my core. I hear you. He got a man out of jail for a DUI who then mm-hmm. went out and got another DUI and did kill a 17-year-old girl when he did it. And that has made him no longer want to be <laughs> any lawyer. And yeah, it's part of what drove him into the wilderness. And it's just, it's so crazy on so many levels because 
A, a DUI doesn't keep you in jail that long anyway. Like, even without Tucker's help, right. it's not like that guy would have gotten a life sentence. Yeah. Also, that's how the American justice system works. Everybody mm-hmm. gets a defense attorney. They have to try their best. If they don't try their best, you know what that person gets? An appeal and a new trial. Right. So even if you think you're defending a Hannibal Lecter... You've got to do your best for them because that's right. how the system works. And if if you don't believe in that, you need to not be a criminal defense attorney. Correct. And he says the, the guy gave him credit for the amount of faith Tucker had in him by not drinking for a few weeks and then started drinking again and went out driving. It's like, does, does Tucker take clients based on how much faith he has in them uh-huh. and in their innocence? Because that is also extremely unethical. Like, you don't take clients based on whether you believe they're guilty or innocent, because what if some new evidence comes down the pike and is like, oh, no, I thought this guy was innocent. Now I think he's guilty. Now you're defending a guy who you want to go to jail. That's no good. You need to not care whether they're innocent or guilty. You just need to do your job because that's your function. I it made me so mad. And then his bullshit made me so mad. And then Penelope counters with. Have you called her parents? <gasps> I know. I and I was like, gasped. You leave, those leave them alone. the fuck alone. They do not want to hear about you. from the defense attorney who defended the guy in another previous case yeah. that wasn't even the case where he hit your daughter. A different case. Yeah. They don't need you calling them. That's not about them. This is about you if you call them and uh-huh. try to be like, oh, I'm sorry and I need to forgive myself. No. No. Oh. Uh-huh. The combination of her suggesting that and then him later doing that. Doing it. Really sealed to me that these are horrible, horrible people who... Yeah. um. Um, if God likes them, they don't deserve it. <laughs> That's how I feel. True. There's a lot of like, you know, God will do this or that for me. It's all me, me, me. I'll pray and God will do this for me. And like, uh-huh. I will get a partner and I will get this or that. If if God's actually pulling the strings for these two, um, I'm, I, they don't, I don't think they wow. deserve it. Yeah. Wow. This, That's a good God because boy, do they <laughs> suck. They're selfish <laughs> as fuck. All right. All right. I'm done. I'm climbing <sighs> off my soapbox. He goes out and uh, saves her. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I'm sorry. I just stepped back into what I highlighted and like I highlighted the whole whole kiss, like mm-hmm. the kissing. And it's like, it's so she says that in his arms, she was strong. She wasn't Penelope Lear. She was someone who knew how to survive. What? What? I mean, maybe. Survive you know? what? Survive him, maybe? I don't know. Is this the part where his he, arms, it's like in his arms? Yeah. <laughs> in, in his, his arms. arms strong. She didn't back down. Yeah. She kissed him back. He murmured that she <sighs> was beautiful and he kissed her cheek and stepped back. Nope. Like, then the next thing I highlighted was, but we were so busy being men, we couldn't let go of our stubbornness. He's talking about he and his dad. And then his friend Jake says, men do that sometimes. <laughs> what? God. This wasn't women's coffee. This was men's coffee. That's right. Uh-huh. And when he's about to tell her what happened with her dad, um, he's thinking to himself, Herman Lear had let it all had laid it all out. The daughter who was putting herself in danger by taking off to parts unknown and telling her family she was on some exclusive resort. Mm-hmm. The need to have her in a secure relationship to keep her safe. And the idea that the man needed to be as strong-willed as Penelope. 
Tucker had said a happy no thanks. Herman had asked him to travel to Anchorage for a few meetings, chance meetings with Penelope. Again, Tucker had declined. Yeah. He hadn't wanted <laughs> a socialite. Shit bananas crazy. Well, but wait, he hadn't wanted a socialite with more will than sense. Mm. What? I, this thing. I mean, okay, she so does have more will than sense, but again, he's just talking about oof. women in general. But Penelope yes. is all the things that he doesn't like about women in general. Oh my gosh. When he's thinking about his mother, he Ugh. says, the wife he picked would be thrilled with a walk in the woods and elated with a quiet night at home. She wouldn't want the country club or a beach house. His mother had been after those things. She'd gotten them too. With three different husbands, forever mm -hmm. wasn't in her dictionary. Oh yeah, you said that one. Yeah. Mommy mm -hmm. issues hard. Mm -hmm. She also before she gets taken captive, there's a clerk at the B and B who's like weird, <laughs> and that never comes back. No, I thought he was going to be one of the guys that took her captive. Me too. Um, maybe he was, and we herbs did. I don't know. But also, it have wasn't. you ever been to a B and B that has a clerk? No. <laughs> Me neither, especially not in Alaska. It's, it's the whoever who lives there yeah, and owns it. It's a house. It doesn't have a front desk. Jesus. Clerk. An employee at a B&B that's <laughs> just a clerk. It's true. When she's getting kidnapped, uh -huh. she says, there really weren't any other kind of suitable shoes for Treasure Creek and the amount of walking she did each day. Shoes. Her mother would be proud that at a moment like this, her mind turned to shoes. She wanted to cry because that wasn't who she was. <laughs> what? What? What is with the self-loathing? What is yeah. with the women hating in this mm -hmm. book from every goddamn source? Oh, also, she says one of her captors smells like onions and garlic. And I was like, yum. I was so mad about this. I was <laughs> like, don't you dare. You always smell like onions and garlic. <laughs> don't shame me. <laughs> For how I smell any any romance novel written about me isn't going to be like honeysuckle and vanilla. It's not going to be like midnight and mystery. It's going to be like garlic and onions and raucous laughter. Maybe a couple of accidental farts. That's what's <laughs> that's my general aura. Yep. So then he finds her pearls. Mm -hmm. And the dudes are like, that could be anybody's pearls. And Tucker's like, no. these are heiress pearls. These her pearls. I know pearls. Also, they find some some yarns from her scarf. And he's like, this her scarf. I know her scarf. Mm -hmm. He's like a, and then he's he's like so a dog. Out of himself. He finds he buttons. Knows her so he well. knows her button. And then <laughs> they do go find her. They find her. There's a big hullabaloo and a big ruckus. In the ruckus, she does karate on them. Because yeah. she said at the beginning of the book she knew karate, and then she does a roundhouse kick uh -huh. to one of the people. Yeah. <laughs> Compass. Yes. Compass. <laughs> karate. Okay. All right. And then they do find the treasure exactly where she thought it would be. She had told the robbers that it was somewhere else. And so they find this box. And then the bitch who's the heroine of the next book is like, we're not going to open this until the Christmas pageant. And everybody is like, open box, please <laughs> open box. And then Penelope's like, well, I get it. I don't think I you should. Why. It makes sense to me. And then like her and Amy do like a hug and everybody's like, but open box. Yeah. And then, and then Thanksgiving rolls around. The craziest and they shit happens. 
<laughs> the whole book. <laughs> I this had 10% left of book to read before yeah. we recorded. And I just read this and I was, I thought this was just going to wind down regular. <laughs> and boy, <laughs> did it not wind down regular. <laughs> he's he's going to be the best man in like Jake or Gage's wedding. I don't remember which. Yep. There's a very sexist discussion of weddings um, yes. where he's like, can't we just do something casual? And then everybody's like, wow, that's not whim- what women like. Women like weddings. And clearly you haven't been in love with a woman because you don't know how they work. But then he is getting pinned up for his tuxedo or whatever uh-huh. for being best man in wedding. And he looks, yeah. he looks over, he looks over and sees a veil. And he is struck by a vision of Penelope wearing veil. And he yes. says to store shop owner, where did that veil come from? Which is crazy <laughs> because it's a veil shop. Like it's a she's wedding like the lace store? store. Yeah. She's like somebody bought it and then they didn't want it anymore. So then they brought Actually, it back. She was talking about Penelope because Penelope and Daphne or whatever her Ducati, whatever her name is. <laughs> He walked past the sidewalk and he saw both of them trying on wedding shit, even though neither of them had any partners in mind. And so then he saw her in the veil, like Just blow a, couple, air in mind. a couple of I days ago. <laughs> I didn't herbs that. And then the lady in the shop said the person tried it on, but then she changed her mind. And he said about the veil, and she goes, "No, about the groom." So, so apparently all the time she was not talking to him about his gaslighting kisses she Uh was planning their wedding but she doesn't like him she says it over and over she doesn't like him she wants to marry him if wait if penelope (laughs) liked if if penelope liked tucker in romance novel why didn't she tell reader Usually when, you guys, I don't know if you're new to this or not, but usually in a romance novel, when one of them decides they like the other one, they do tell us the reader. It's true. The other person might not know yet, but we always we know. We usually know. If we're in your Except brain, for right now. you usually tell us. <laughs> what? That blew my mind. Yeah. Okay. So then he's like, I want that veil. I need to have it. His friends are very confused by this. Because all he said is, where did it come from? And then she's yeah. like, I don't know. Somebody returned it. And he's like, give me the veil. And like, <laughs> and Jake and everybody's like, I don't think you'd look good in it, man. He's like, I want the veil. And he goes over <laughs> and he like, touches it. And he's like, ooh, it's a soft veil. Give he me turns into a golem over this veil. veil. <laughs> and so Jake is like, I guess add veil to my tab. And he goes, I will pay for veil. I pay for veil. My veil. And then like... <laughs> Also, like, unbeknownst to anybody, he's, like, taken over a law firm in town and decided to stay forever. And when I say unbeknownst to anybody, like, again, justice for Tucker's trial partner in Seattle (laughs) doing double work, still unsure of whether he's dead. Yes, and your notice, Tucker. He's also bought an entire law firm. Assumedly without an Alaska law license. And he's just going <laughs> to just go. All right. So it's time for Thanksgiving. And he he tells us that he spent a very busy day running errands, 
talking to Herman Lear about nothing specific and like other stuff. Sure, sure. And so they show up to this like community Thanksgiving extravaganza situation. Mm-hmm. And he goes and sits next to her and she's like, oh, Tucker's here. Well, he's leaving anyway, so doesn't matter to me. And then he's like, can we talk after this? And like nobody looks surprised in her family that he's sitting with them. And it's a very weird, it's a big weird. Mm -hmm. And then she starts thinking about how much she's going to miss him Mm -hmm. and like spontaneously bursts into noisy sobs at the table (laughs) in front of everyone. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) And so he takes her by the hand and then he does lead her past that specialty Christmas shop. Yeah. That this tiny, tiny city can somehow support. Even though, let's review, she bought jeans at the general store. Yeah. I mean, okay, I grew up in a town of like 30,000 people. Yeah. We don't have specialty Christmas shop. We don't have wedding no. shop. No. For tuxedos. No. <laughs> and also, this town has street lights, which I thought was strange. So weird. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. It's a big city. It is. I don't understand what this... Oh, also, they hiked to... They, like, figured out she was lost in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then, like, mid-morning, yeah. they had been at the treasure with this, quote-unquote, cabin that one of them had read about in history journals. History journals. It's cabin. a walk. It's a casual stroll yeah. away from town. And nobody has come across... Cabin. This cabin... That requires the documentation of history journals. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm so sorry. So they just passed the Christmas store, which is jolly and bright. And he says, reminds me of Parson Brown. And she's like, yeah, I remember how much you hated my fucking singing, you absolute dickweed. He starts singing it like an absolute (laughs) crazy person. He starts being like, no matter we can shmurve a snowman. And like, I just, (laughs) It's so weird. And then (laughs) she's like, and we can name him Parson Brown. Teehee, that's our thing. And he goes, (laughs) first she says, Tucker, slow down. And he's like, I can't. He laughed. I'm so excited. Um, The joy of the future is leaking out of all my pores. And he says, he'll say, are you married? We'll say, no, man. (laughs) (laughs) He stopped. And Penelope stopped next to him, her breath freezing in her lungs. The park twinkled with snow and Christmas lights. In the middle of it all was a snowman. He wore a top hat and a red scarf. <laughs> the fucking carrot in his face. He wore a top hat and a red scarf. And a Bible was on a little stand in front of him. Talker? <laughs> he pulled her close. I found... <laughs> I found... <laughs> I found Parson Brown. He said, I see. She said, but she didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's bananas bonkers. Tears tears were rolling down her cheeks, warm on her cold flesh. She tried to brush them away, but more fell. Tucker leaned in and kissed them away. Ooh, a tear kissing. Hard limit. Don't kiss my tears. His lips brushed hers and then settled, (laughs) kissing her. Until it didn't matter that it was November in Alaska and the snow was falling. Or maybe that's what made it all perfect. It was cold, but his arms were around her, were warm, and he built her a snowman. 
on Thanksgiving. <laughs> he held her clothes, and his breath was soft near her ear. I have something else for you. <laughs> when he pulled back his hand and went to his pocket, from his pocket, he pulled out a gossamer veil that she tried on at Bethany's. She stood there trembling from the cold and from the moment. He slid the veil over her head. Over her head. I saw you in this, and I think when I did, I knew that I wanted to be the one to lift it from your face to hear a minister pronounce us as husband and wife. You guys, they're not that close. They're, they're like kind of they've friends. They've known each other for nine days. Nine days. They're kind Minimum. of friends Maximum. and they're kind of uncomfortable with being friends and they've <laughs> kissed twice and then never talked about it. He lifted no, the, the veil carefully. No, no, no. <laughs> he lifted the veil carefully and moved it back and then cupped her cheeks in his gloved hands. Penelope Lear... I asked your father today if he would allow me the honor of marrying his daughter. What did he say? Which also, like, throw that custom out the fucking window. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Fair enough. What did he say? <laughs> he said you're a grown woman and it's up to you, but he'd be proud to call me son. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Yes. And then she wrapped her arms around him and he held her close. Yes, I want to be your wife. Please marry me. Please, Please marry, marry me. Even while she's getting proposed to. And she's the her thirstiest ring, bitch. And he says, my grandmother wore this ring for 60 years. And she says, I want to wear it for 70. You don't <laughs> know this man. You don't know if his misogyny extends to the bedroom. He's never going to go down on you because you have gross lady oh, parts. Melody, they don't have parts. They're smooth as Barbies down there. <laughs> <laughs> They're just a couple of Ken dolls knocking against each other. <laughs> this the oh snowman God. with the table and the Bible and the veil. It's, it's <laughs> crazier than poop robots. It's the craziest <laughs> shit I've ever read in a romance novel. I found Parson Brown. <laughs> uh -huh. Just think of that snowman just sitting there. The look that must have been on the snowman's <laughs> face <laughs> as it was forced to watch this. <sighs> oh, it's so good. Man, it's funny. Wow. I just... <laughs> Do you have a lady love? <laughs> My lady love is something that will actually bring you so much Christmas joy and faith in humanity. It's so wonderful. It is a little show called Dash and Lily. It centers around Christmas and like there's a grumpy one and there's a sunshine one and they're both misfits in their own ways. And it starts with a bookstore scavenger hunt. And then it turns into this pen pal relationship where they not only get to know each other via the pages of this shared journal, but they also challenge each other to a series of dares to make each other better people. And they don't even know they're doing it. They're just good for each other. Anyway, it is a, the tastiest little treat. Each episode is only like 30 minutes long. It's got a really lovely diverse cast it is just good for the soul and everybody needs it that sounds 
Good. I saw that advertised and I wasn't sure if it was going to be maybe bad. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you it seemed a little bit because it was like they were writing in a diary. Yes. Back and forth. And it seemed Mm -hmm. a little bit twee to me. What's twee? Twee is like when it's like cute for cuteness sake. It's like somebody who wears like like funky clothes and it's like i'm so funky for funkiness sake yeah there is a bit of that okay yeah yeah but it's not overwhelming at all like i would i would call the movie juno very twee Ooh, yes yeah Mm -hmm. i like juno but it's it's very like that you know it's just like funky for funky sake totally uh, My Lady Love is the podcast, and I think maybe also blog. Nope, just podcast. Um, Coffee and Quack. That's Q-U-A-Q, which is a podcast about contemporary Native life in Alaska. Ooh. The slogan is contemporary Native life in urban Alaska, so, you know, okay. Anchorage. Um, But they yeah. also talk a lot about village life, too. It's just a good listen if you're at all interested in that culture or what it looks like right now in Alaska. Oh, that's really awesome. And I feel like there's just there's just a lot of uh, weird stereotypes and misconceptions about what it's yeah. like to be a modern Native American or Native Alaskan, as we saw in this book. So I just want to put it out mm-hmm. there. I've listened to a bunch of episodes, and they're all really interesting and um, usually illuminating about you know various issues and things. That's really cool. Yeah. Yay. All right, rock on. Well, you can find us all the places. You know where you can find us. Follow us on social media because we do fun shit and you find about th- find out about things early sometimes. And we've got our Patreon, which is super, super fun. That is patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast. We're going to be uploading another very special. Thanksgiving. Very special Thanksgiving book. Yes. We did a vote on our Facebook group about which ridiculous, um, inspiring Thanksgiving book we should do for Thanksgiving. And this one actually got the most votes. Thanksgiving Groom did not. But DUI lawyer who, like, fled to the country after winning a case was just too much for me and I wanted to do it. Yeah, I read the first chapter of Thanksgiving Triplets or whatever it is. And it's it's super, super similar, at least in premise mm-hmm. and tone mm-hmm. to Thanksgiving by Janet Ivanovich. So, good. you know, good. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a raucous good time. But there's a lot of other stuff on the Patreon, too. A lot of Tinglers, a, a yeah. Tingler, original Tingler from Melody. There's an episode <laughs> we did about figure skating. There's a bo- there's an episode we did about speech. There's an episode we did about Chris Pine's penis. There's one we did about yeah. Chris Evans sweater. sweater. And I can't believe we haven't done a Chris Evans penis, you know. <laughs> well, but <laughs> but that was an no, that was a that's an invasion of privacy is what so that is. I'm not gonna. It's an invasion. Yes, Chris Pine I willingly showed us it. his member, and so we can talk about it. Chris it's Evans true. did not, and so we can't. Uh, talk and I about actually it. didn't willingly look at it. I just I was also scrolling. And it I was, was like, sent ah. to me. Um, unsolicited by a dear friend wow. of ours. Wow. Yeah. You got you got a dick pic I did. from a person who is not the owner of the dick. A person Incredible. who has guested on this podcast several times. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of good and a lot of different books. Serial killer books that you did yeah. and other um, alien books. It's, and, a, it's a great time. Yeah. And I'll send you stickers if you want. Mm-hmm. So, you know. You still have time for the HB Reading Embrace? Go to heavingbosoms.com, our newly revamped website that looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Natalie. It's gorgeous. And you can find all that stuff there. Yeah. So, 
keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love being married alone in a meadow by a snowman with, <laughs> with a tiny Bible. <laughs> like, and be proposed to by somebody just throwing a veil on your head. <laughs> Somebody who you know for not nine sure you like and are not comfortable being friends with. <laughs> you know what? Love yourself as much as you love someone saying, Will you marry me? And then you reply, Yes, please, please marry please, me. <laughs> please marry me. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, love yourself so much more than that. Yeah, you know? I love you more than that. Oh, I love you so much more than that. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.